0: This is the Guardian. Today, the voices of Iran's protesters on what they really want. This voice belongs to an Iranian student we're going to call Nergis. The song's called My Orange. It's about a longing for something that feels just out of
1: reach.
0: Up until a few months ago, Nergis' life was a lot like those of other young Iranians. She studied at university, she worked a job, she sang, and she lived with a sense of dread about the things happening in the society around her.
2: My only happiness was to be able to work and earn for myself. My routine was that I would wake up early in the morning and eat breakfast and prepare for the new day. And of course, I would hear worse news every day.
0: She also rode her motorcycle. Not an entirely relaxing hobby. Women in Iran can't get a licence for motorcycles and the country's religious leaders have repeatedly said women shouldn't ride them. But Nergis doesn't care.
2: I love riding motorcycles, but every day I leave the house with a stress because I might get cut.
0: These kinds of routine restrictions on what she could do as a woman had chafed on Nergis her whole life. At university, She had done some protesting, but nothing like what she's done these past two months. Months that have transformed her life, that started with the death of another young woman. Her name was Mahsa Amini. On the 16th of September this year, Mahsa died in the custody of Iran's morality police, a unit of the Iranian government that dictates what women can wear in public. And those women are mostly young, like Mahsa or Nergis. And since that moment, Nergis has been in the streets.
2: I participated in the demonstration for almost 15 days. and. Every night when I returned home, I felt that I was useful to my country. I felt the unity between people. It was like we were a big family and we all loved each other like brother and sister. I felt good when I would fight alongside my countrymen.
0: These protests have spread across Iran, including to the home city of another student. We're calling him Mohsen. We've altered his voice for safety. Same with Narges.
3: The first time I saw Massa Amini's photo was on Twitter. Some people said that the police arrested and beat her because of her hijab. And after a few hours, all of Instagram and Twitter were filled with her name.
0: And as Iranian authorities have shut down the internet to try to stop news of these protests coming out, journalists around the world have sprung into action. People like deeper Parent.
4: Girls in Iran were sending pictures and videos, walking unveiled on the streets. That caught my eye and I knew, and I knew that this was not anything like before, something, something was about to happen.
0: The men and women and boys and girls taking part in these protests, some of the largest in Iran's modern history, have captured the attention of the world. But rarely do we get to hear from the protesters themselves. So, what do they want? And how far are they willing to go? From The Guardian, I'm Michael Safi. Today in Focus. Iran's protest generation. In their own words. For the past few weeks, we've been talking a lot with Nergis and Mohsen, And it hasn't been easy. The Iranian internet is monitored. It's patchy. We've only been able to do so with the help of Deeper Parent a journalist based in Paris with strong links to Iran. She's been covering the protests for The Guardian. How did you feel when you first heard the news of Mahsa Amini's death?
4: I was upset, of course, but I wasn't surprised because this is not the first time that I have heard about um, an Iranian woman getting killed. A lot of my friends that are in Iran, I, I have spoken to them over the years and they told me that uh, a lot of it is not getting reported. There are women getting tortured, women getting arrested. Uh, they're missing and nobody's talking about it.
0: And when did you come into contact with Nergis and, and Mohsen about all this?
4: Right after Mahsa's death. I, I spoke to people and they told me very clearly that, um, especially the younger generation, they do not want to talk to journalists uh, who they don't know personally. And I decided to build a rapport with both Nergis uh, and Mohsin, actually, Nergis first. I first read the news of
2: Massa Amini's death from Twitter users' tweet, and I found out from the tweets that people are going to protest this murder. Due to busy I work, I could not participate in demonstration on Sunday. But the next day, Monday, like other people, I participated.
3: I think the protest started two days after Massa's death. Uh, you know, the first day... Uh, people uh, were just angry and we uh, didn't have any information about what happened to her. We just uh, saw her photo uh, at the hospital and that photo made us very angry. Uh, After two days social media informed people what happened and at this time most of my friends and celebrities Posted on Instagram to come to the S streets and uh, protest against the Islamic Republic.
0: And how were these two young students talking to you about the way they felt in the aftermath of Massa's death?
4: They were agitated, absolutely. They were angry. They were upset. They killed her because of her hijab.
2: This means that we don't have freedom of opinion, and we almost act on the basis of Islam. I'm a free person. And no one has the right to impose their opinion on me. My point is that people have the right to dress however they like and and have whatever opinion they want. That is why the killing of Massa woke up the people. Whenever I think of this girl, tears roll in my eyes.
4: I wanted some proof, so it's impossible to actually see what's happening. At that point of time, uh, videos of the protests were not really coming out. So I asked... Nargis to, to shoot a video, um, if it's safe for her, and she did. Mm, can't
2: say I wasn't excited. I always wanted to protest, and now I had opportunity to do so. The first day, I went with all the recommendation, but I took my mobile with me and started filming. I was on the street for hours, walking between the cars and telling them to blow their horns and block the roads with their cars uh, so that motorcycle forces could not attack the people. In the last moment, when I was moving between the cars to go to the subway, suddenly one of the agents grabbed my wrist and wanted to take me away. I ran away and I will never forget that moment. I was very scared.
4: She, she just ran while she was being shot at by, by the uh, security forces, the Iranian security forces. She was running with the recording on, on her video, and I saw that uh, they were using tear gas.
0: What Nergis didn't realise as she was filming that video, or deeper as she was watching it, was that Nergis hadn't gotten away unscathed. Iranian security forces were firing metal pellets to disperse the protesters, and she had been hit.
2: I was on the run, and to be honest, I didn't notice it at all. When I returned home, I saw the scar on my leg, and I realized that my head was bleeding. I washed the scars, but uh, did not go to the clinic. I tried to find a solution to treat them myself.
0: Mohsen as well was being caught up in a response that human rights groups and governments around the world have condemned for its indiscriminate violence.
3: That day, nothing good happened to me and people in the protest. For example, I saw a police attack an old woman and hit her in the eye with a button. At that moment, several police motorbikes surrounded me and... They attacked me with buttons. I don't know why I did nothing on that scene but they attacked me and they left me. That night was uh, very very awful for me.
0: Deeper, obviously, the challenges of communicating with people in Iran are enormous. The government's shut the internet down. They're trying to actively restrict the flow of information. On top of the regime targeting protesters with arrests and and violence, there's also the challenge of actually speaking to them. How have you managed to get around all that?
4: Throughout the day, the internet has been heavily controlled and disrupted. And I would usually wait until midnight Paris time. Uh, that's I think 1.30 or 2 o'clock in the morning in Iran and these kids would just wait up to talk to me and I would have conversations with them and they, they would tell me what happened slowly Instagram stopped working, WhatsApp stopped working it's been extremely hard, it's getting harder and harder now
0: Deepa, let's go back in time to where this all started on the 16th of September, when the news of Mahsa Amini's death was starting to be spread and huge protests began erupting across Iran.
1: Amini's death, after being taken into the custody of the Morality Police last week, has sparked unprecedented protests. Calls for accountability for her death have turned into cries for free. And
0: you also started to be sent videos, pictures and messages of what was going on on the ground. Tell me what you were seeing in those early days.
4: In the first week, the videos were very very few and they started coming from uh, Sakez which is the hometown of Mahsa Amini. The, the earlier videos were about um, girls standing up. They, they used to overturn trash, uh, trash bins, uh, rubbish bins, and the girls used to stand up on them and, and remove their hijabs and twirl them in the air and throw them away. So these were some of the pictures and videos that were coming out.
2: From the second day of the demonstration, I was in the main squares of the cities, chanting, and I was able to film the persons of repressive agents. They were very cruel. People were shot with buttons and shotguns and paintball.
4: And then I started getting videos about of of uh, girls lining up and um, uh, setting fire to the trash can and and putting all their hijabs, burning them, in, you know, throwing them inside the, the trash bin which was on fire. Uh, these are the f- Initial videos that were coming in, along with also, um, I was getting pictures of of uh, these uh, friends and, and students that I've been in touch with uh, getting hit by, by rubber pellets. And um, I, they sent me pictures and I saw that some of them were hurt and they were bleeding.
0: Do you remember in those early days and weeks of the protests, your own sense of what a big deal this was, because obviously this is not the first nationwide protest that Iran has seen. Like, did you have any feeling about whether this would be a flash in the pan or something that would become a much bigger movement?
4: I'll be very honest. I, I really, in the first week when I was also talking with my friends um, here in Europe, uh, other journalist friends, and I, I, I did not think that it was going to go on for for that long for me. Uh, November, November uprising in, in uh, two years ago, I thought that was the largest. Iran's supreme leader Ayatollah Khamenei has defended petrol price rises that have prompted widespread
0: protests across the country.
4: And uh, no, I, I must be honest. I, I actually thought it was going to die down in a week or two.
0: And when did you realize that that wasn't the case? This wasn't going to just die out quickly.
4: Actually, what what changed my mind is is when I started seeing that the though the, the, this movement has been a, a women-led movement.
2: The majority of uh, protesters are young people. And I can say that 60% of this population are women and girls.
4: And when I saw that the boys, the the university friends of, for example, Nargis, how they joined the girls, they, they, I remember still Mohsen told me, we are not trying to stand beside our our friends who are girls in the university. We are standing behind them. We, no matter what they do, and sometimes if we have to protect them, we will stand in front of them and protect them. But this movement is being led by them and we are going to stand behind them till the end of, end of this regime.
0: And it's striking that these protests are being led by young people. Are you finding that those young people think differently? Than older generations.
4: Actually, I was quite surprised. I I know uh, I have Iranian um, friends uh, from both the generations, the ones who are in twenties and thirties, and I even even between the the Iranians uh, that I know who are who are say above thirty eight and uh, under twenty five, there's there's a lot of difference.
3: They destroyed our teenage years. They destroyed our future. They destroyed our hopes, and uh, we can't. Uh, do something now. Uh, The bad economic conditions, the lack of freedom, and the neglect of the government made us more desperate every day. And we had no choice. Maybe Mahsa Amini's death uh, made us wake up from our sleep so that we don't let them destroy our future like Mahsa.
4: Especially in the past seven days, Uh, After the news of university students getting uh, arrested, um, was reported, I've seen a lot of videos um, of young people knocking over turbans of the clerics on the streets.
0: Yeah, I've seen those videos, this act of protest by young Iranians where they're running up behind religious clerics who hold ultimate authority in Iran's regime and knocking their turbans off. But the youngsters are not
4: stopping. They're not doing. They just told me one thing that if if they thought killing Masa and killing other schoolgirls who were killed in the past eight weeks, if it was okay to kill them just because they were showing a bit of hair, why is it wrong to knock off a a cleric's turban?
0: And what does that divide tell you? Does it say something about the relationship that? older Iranians might have to this regime that has been around since the Islamic revolution in the 70s, even if they're extremely critical of it?
4: Actually, I think there's a lot of fear in the older generation. They also, uh, we also have to understand that the revolution happened in 1979, so most of the centennials right now, the, 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 the kids under 22 or the, the young Iranians, they actually have not lived uh, through a, a time of change the parent generation,
2: a generation that has been tormented and has experienced unfortunate events. Compulsory hijab, compulsory military service and many crimes of the crop system, 40% inflation, working children and economy where people are getting poorer everyday than the day before. I and my generation, I have seen the shame of our fathers due to lack of money We have seen the tears of our mothers due to the absence or lack of medicine. In Iran, instead of oxygen, sadness in the air.
4: They were born when the change was already in place. So I think the older generation is just more fearful. In my opinion, one of the reasons
2: why the revolution did not start from their generation is fear they are afraid of change. They get used to something along the way of life and continue this habit until the end, even if they suffer.
4: They're also parents. And I think a lot of it also comes from not just, even if they're anti-regime, um, the, they are worried for the, for the lives of their, of their children and that's stopping them as well from going out and protesting.
2: They are very afraid. Every time they get very stressed until I return home. They tell me to concentrate so that I don't get caught and get arrested. Their constant message to me is please take good care of yourself.
0: Deepa, over the past few weeks, the police crackdown on Iranian protesters has only become more intense. And tragically, it's claimed the lives of more young students, including Nika Shakarmani. The death toll in Iran's protest movement has increased after Iranian security forces opened fire on anti-government protesters. And Serena Ismailzadeh. It's thought that more than 220 people have been killed in the demonstrations. How much of that brutality... Are you being exposed to in your work?
4: So um, the the latest numbers are two at least two hundred and seventy seven people were killed and uh, forty eight plus children were reported by human rights organisations. Um, I have actually received some videos which have not made it in the news. Uh, I uh, I was I, I received a video on Friday from. Um, uh, the the Baloch region where Balochistan region province Sistan and Balochistan province where I've seen a, a, a child who was shot down by by the security forces and the people around he's in a lying in a pool of blood and that that really did affect me because I have been seeing a lot of videos but on Friday when I received the video of the the child looked like he was under 13 14 years old and um, I still have the video I haven't had the heart to see it but it, it's, it's it's quite tragic
0: And over the past few weeks, the protests have started to shift from public streets to universities and schools. Tell me how you've seen the nature of these protests changing nearly six weeks since Mahsa Amini died.
4: I see that they're not going to stop. They have told me very clearly that the fact that so many university students are being reportedly being abducted just today. Um, The Students' Union has, each time I log in, I I go back and check the Student Union's um, channel, I see a new uh, university student has been abducted by by the Iranian forces.
1: In Iran, this is a scene that's becoming all too familiar. A woman abducted off the street by plainclothes security officers. Iranian authorities are brutally repressing
4: protests across the country. And in this clip from the city of Karaj, their tactics are laid bare. With 14,000 people arrested, and um, the, the protests are still going on, and it's changing for the, for the worse. I would hope the worse is for the regime, uh, based on what, the, what I see. Uh, but they're going to come back uh, with full force.
2: Today, we closed the class because of one of our friends who was arrested. I could not get information from girls' school. Sometimes I hear their news. I know um, that some students were killed.
0: One of the things that's really striking about talking to Mohsen and Nergis these past few weeks is how determined they both are that they feel like nothing is going to stop them participating in these protests what are the stakes for them if they get identified or arrested
4: oh, it's it's it it can be it can be very bad i i that's one thing that's really that really really bothers me i've made sure Um, one of the days last week uh, Mohsin had asked me to not call him or message him until he reaches out to me so I stayed away from uh, contacting him the protesters are being charged with uh, charges that have that carry a death penalty I just don't want to wake up and go on the students union and see that one of these two uh, students I've been speaking with or the others that I've been speaking with show up uh, as missing or abducted
0: and those are the stakes now, that there is potentially the death penalty for what these two young people are doing.
4: Yes, yes. It's, it's, uh, the officials had announced uh, last week that uh, they have issued 1,000 indictments in just, in just Tehran. So they arrested 14,000-plus people.
0: An Iranian court has ordered the execution of seven anti-government protesters. It's part of a crackdown against demonstrations that have
1: spread across the country over the past six weeks.
0: Do you have a sense, Deeper, that as these two students have watched friends disappear, be kidnapped, arrested, injured, shot at, how it's affected them? I mean, what impact it's had on them to see just how real the stakes are with what they're doing?
4: I interestingly I did ask them this question myself and they told me that it has only if they if the if the regime thought that it was going to discourage us they've done the exact opposite the more blood they spill the more united we are and we are not going to stop because that's the only option there is absolutely no other option we're not going to stop despite witnessing arrests and 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 uh, ...violence and uh, being beaten, being being shot at uh, by the pellet guns... ...I did not get any sense that they were going to stop at all. I'm fine.
2: I'm really fine. I smell freedom. We're going to build a free and beautiful country for the future generation soon. We don't want idiots to decide the future of the country.
0: Coming up, nearly two months into these protests... What's the situation on the ground right now? Hey, I'm Shantae Joseph. I'm a writer and broadcaster, and I spend way too much time online. But now those years of scrolling are finally paying off because I'm hosting The Guardian's new pop culture podcast, in each episode, I'm going to get under the skin of the week's biggest stories. If you love pop culture and want to get into how it's shaping and impacting our lives, then you should join me every Thursday. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Out now. Bye. Deeper. as of this week, what is the situation on the ground? What do these protests look like?
4: I was speaking to uh, one of the students uh, who told me that they see less and less students coming out in protest. And I asked uh, asked the student, why do you think that is? And he said, "Uh, if they've arrested so many students, of course the numbers are going to go down. So the more people they arrest, the more people that are going to disappear
0: from the streets. And so does that tell you that the Iranian government's strategy for suppressing these protests brutal as it is, might be working?
4: I would say in universities, the only way it's working is they're abducting and arresting students. So I, I wouldn't really call that it's working because they, people are just getting picked up and, and it's just maths. They're just picking them up, so the numbers are going down. But the the violence that they have uh, shown in the past few days, especially in Sistan and Balochistan region and the, and the Kurdish province, um, we can see that... Uh, the people are out there on the street in, num- in huge numbers, especially after Friday prayers, despite the violence that uh, they are they are witnessing, they're back on the streets. And each time they kill someone, the mourning period is for 40 days and they, they're just extending the mourning period by killing every person. So the biggest protests that we've seen in the past few weeks have been the 40th mourning day ceremonies.
0: Do you share their hope? Like when you talk to them and they're both so sure that this is worth it, that it's going to end well for them. Do you share that hope?
4: Yes, I do. I do. Um, Despite my worries for their safety, I do think that there's, there's a good chance that they will succeed.
2: When I saw the mass demonstration of people, I realized that this time would be different and it might last for a month. The Islamic Republic can no longer stop us with any promises because the system is like a tree whose roots are rotten and must be uprooted. This is why one of the main slogans of the people is, this is the last message, the main goal
4: of the system. I do believe that they're not going to stop till they bring the regime down.
0: Deepa, thank you so much for your time.
4: Thank you, Michael. Thank you so much for um, having me, and thank you for talking to the uh, to Nergis and uh, Mohsen and giving them a platform to share their voice. <laughs>
0: That was Deeper Parent, a journalist based in Paris. You can find her coverage of these ongoing protests at theguardian.com. And thank you also to Mohsen and Nergis for giving us their time under often very difficult circumstances. Before we go, listen out today for the second episode of The Guardian's new pop culture podcast. It's hosted by Shantae Joseph, and this episode is about the fifth season of the smash hit Netflix series, The Crown. The podcast is called Pop Culture with Shantae Joseph, and you can find it wherever you listen to today in focus. And that's it for today. This episode was produced by Lucy Hoff. Sound design was by Rudy Zagadlo. The executive producer was Homer Khalili. And we're back tomorrow. This is The Guardian.